Hello and welcome back to another episode of Nick Tiffany's Movie Reviews in the podcast form. Today we're delving into the horror, psycho, weird, bodily realm of Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool is going to be directed by Brandon Cronenberg. You may recognize that last name as he is the son of David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg who brought us such classics as The Fly... Um, Scanners, he did uh, Crash, Dangerous Mind, Eastern Promises, Crimes of the Future. Uh, he's always had a fascination with the human body. And, you know, whether it's the inner workings of it or the gory to some, but, you know, fascinating, you know, look at inside our bodies. I mean, uh, Crimes of the Future, I saw most recently, um of David Cronenberg's, um, you know, a movie about replacing organs and humans and, you know, extending our lives essentially by replacing and upgrading all our organs in this weird world where people get pleasure from surgeries and incisions because there's nothing else that's like left. Um, you know, it's a really creepy, interesting stuff. Um, kind of feels like, uh, you know, a lot of the iconography from the Alien movies and stuff like that. You know, you're always in for a, a twisted kind of time if a Cronenberg is attached to it. Um, that's no different here with Brandon Cronenberg, who is uh, known for The Possessor, um, which he had done a few years ago, and then uh, Antiviral some years back. So, Infinity Pool follows Alexander Skarsgård as the character James, who's on a vacation with his uh, girlfriend M, played by Cleopatra Coleman. They're in the fictional island of La Tolka. Um, and, you know, the place is beautiful. It's got tons to offer, just so long as you stay within the confines of the, uh, the resort. James is a writer. You know, it's been some years since he's written his, uh, his first feature, and he's been struggling to write a follow-up to it, and so getting out to this island resort, you know, maybe will hopefully give him some time and the space that he needs to uh, to plan and to write. And it's here at the resort that they meet Gabby and Alban, played by Mia Goth and Jaleel Lesper. And, you know, they're one of those super fun-loving, European-style couples that you're going to meet out on vacation. And, you know, like, you should be loose, you should drink, you should be doing... You know, the fun things in life, you know, you must live. You must live. Um, and, you know, Alexander Skarsgård's kind of taken by uh, by Mia Goff's Gabby character a little bit. You know, she happens to recognize him, of course. And, you know, she mentions, you know, hey, I read your book. You know, she's probably the one who's read it. Uh, but it certainly, certainly piques James's interest. Um, so when they want to take him out, the next day and go for a uh, little joyride off of the property, despite that being against the rules, you know, James and M begrudgingly accept, you know, they're like, all right, you know, we might as well live, they're right, you know, let's be young, let's be reckless and fun, so they go out for a wonderful afternoon at the beach, um, you know, drinking their night away, and upon driving home, a horrible accident happens. You know, I won't really try to spoil much of what happens, but essentially what we learn about Latolka, and granted this is a fictional island, but what we learn about Latolka is if you commit a crime, 
you know, if you're responsible for someone else's death, the punishment is death. You know, whether it's the uh, the oldest son of the family who kills you, or you know, a person directly affected. It you know, part of it feels like that whole idea of you know when you there's been a lot of horror movies done whether it's you're overseas and you're abroad especially you know a dumb American who doesn't know the rules who doesn't know what they're getting into entirely and so you know there's these little I don't want to call them ticky tack laws because you know killing someone because you killed someone is not you know an eye for an eye it's not the worst law necessarily but um, you know it, it feels like there are some places that are set up to make money off of tourists. Um, and it's not the first time that's happened. Um, you know, whether it's going into certain countries, you know, you can make a charitable donation to the to the Commonwealth or to somewhere, and, you know, we'll give you passage or we'll kind of wipe the slate clean on a few things. You know, it's, it's nothing totally new in our world. Uh, but we learned that Latolka's got a very twisted kind of... Uh, escape route or escape plan if it were you know you won't have to die you know i know it's dire but the the people have they've created a better system you know you'll make a donation to the island and then there's a whole process where you allow your body to almost be sort of cloned and your memories and everything passed on to this clone and essentially that clone will act as the stand-in for you and its life will be taken so yours can be spared. And that's kind of where our story starts unfolding and really delving into the twisted, sick world of, you know, the idea of crime without punishment. Is there, though, punishment in watching yourself die? Um, what are the ramifications of your memory? How do you know you're not that person who's being killed? Um, the film asks a lot of questions like those, um, and as it proceeds from that moment, you know, it almost, I mean, I was already kind of a thriller, but then it really kind of dives into a horror film as you kind of start exploring, okay, well, what could we get away with? What memories seem to get passed on? Um, will I remember each time that I do something like this? How does this process work? And, uh... Infinity Pool is less interested, I would say, um, in a completely exploring some of those ideas. Uh, it has a pretty good narrative. It has a pretty understandable story in the sense that the, the beats the characters make uh, or take make sense after kind of uncovering this loophole of sorts in the system here. Uh, but it's how they choose to live after that loophole and what they choose to do after uh, exposing sort of this loophole and making it out of there practically unscathed. Um, anytime you've got Mia Goth in a movie, you know, you're, you're in for something crazy. You know, coming off the success of um, X and uh, with her new film Maxine coming out and as well as Pearl... Um, all three done by Ty West uh, in the last couple years here. You know, she captivated audiences with her crazed stare and shrieking abilities and ability to just channel so much deranged emotion 
um, into a scene. So she's a powder keg. And when you combine that with Alexander Skarsgård, who, you know, is fresh off of the Northmen, you know, doing his Nordic Viking tale, he's also a very intense actor. Um, there's just a lot of intensity that can brew, um, especially between the two actors and the kind of path that the two of their characters kind of follow. Um, you know, you kind of explore a world, perhaps with no rules, but what effect will that have on your psyche? Um, so to a degree, there's almost a mystery kind of going on in the background as well as you're discovering more about this island, uh, more about its rituals or the things that uh, people have gotten away with in the past. Um, and so again, it you know, it, it explores some of those ideas to a degree. It doesn't fully commit to those um, because it does have a lot of fun showing you some some fucked up stuff for sure. Um, but also, you know, some really artistic, you know, artistic might be the wrong word um, because I think of Avatar and I think of a few other movies when you've got a lot of flashing colors, you're flowing through a syn brain synapses and, you know, you're... I, I can't even accurately describe it, but there is a sequence that so many filmmakers do when they want to show you something is so crazy and overwhelming. We're just throwing all sorts of colors at you. We're bending the walls. We're doing all this kind of stuff. There's weird colored smoke filling the screen and, you know, weird characters doing weird stuff. And so there's lots of sequences like that in this movie because um, they never really explore how one could be cloned. Um, you see a brief glimpse of it, but the process of how you get there or how you get the memories, you know, I thought it would be a little more involved or a little more described or thought out, but a lot of it really is just like, all right, here's four straight minutes of flashing lights and weird imagery of, you know, random sex and then people wearing masks and monsters all bloody touching each other and weird stuff and so you're like all right like I know this is supposed to be grotesque and weird and I know this is an independent horror film and so you know I know there's a fascination with some of this stuff too for the director and his family but what purpose does it serve does it really serve to advance the narrative and I'm not saying everything has to in a movie I'm not saying everything you put into a film has to progress the story um but sometimes things are thrown in there and it feels like this is truly just a style over substance movement, uh, moment where you don't really need the style, where you would rather have the substance so you can add a little more weight perhaps to what's happening um, with the characters and their stakes. Uh, so, you know, I was largely mildly entertained by this film. Um, there were more than a few moments where I was kind of like, oh my God, and my skin's crawling. And I'm like, I can't believe I just saw that. That was terrifying, but also like really fascinating and interesting. Um, but there are just as many moments where I'm kind of like, okay, I feel like we're kind of dragging here. Like I'm waiting for the next big aha moment or the next big revelation to come to move us along, to, to do a little bit of something with this premise. Um, and it never quite took hold. Um, and you know, this was a, it was one that, you know, I missed in the theaters. I'm sure it would have played a little bit better there, but I watched it home with a rental with the lights off, you know, scary setting as best as I could. Um, 
and it was fine. It was fine. I uh, I probably enjoyed Crimes of the Future by uh, Brandon's father, David, a little bit more. But again, you know, I think both of their styles maybe are not quite my cup of tea either. Uh, it's not that I'm too squeamish, but, you know, when you get into some of, like, the weird torture kink-type stuff and there's, a, like, lots of blood and I'm, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, there there's a line. And I'm like, and I'm like, I know that that's what they're into, and I know that it's some striking, uh, some striking visuals. But again, at the end of the day, what purpose does it serve? Does it just look cool or look fucked up? And if that's what you're going for, then you did it. Um, so Infinity Pool, yeah, you know, if you're curious, it would certainly provide you with an interesting time. Do you have to see it? I wasn't totally changed by it. The idea has kind of been done before, and I think maybe it's been done a little bit better by some other films. But, you know, if you're a fan of Mia Goth and you like Alexander Skarsgård, they're both doing enough here to certainly warrant your watch. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Brandon Cronenberg continues to go from here. Um, because, again, there's some good ideas in his uh, his last few films. I think he's just moving towards creating that full picture, whether it's that it reconnects at the end or that it feels like a cohesive, well-thought-out work. Um, so, you know, if you need horror, it's better than Megan, you know, which we're going to get to in our next review. But, uh, but yeah, I think we can still hold out for some 2023 horror because this wasn't wasn't quite it. But we'll get you next time with another... Horror Rental and Megan. Thanks again for listening, y'all.